Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome to B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, it's been a hot minute, just about two weeks. I'm sorry for that. But uh, we got a lot to catch up on, so what do you say we just dive in? Let's do it. Let's dive right in. So we've had a handful, and when I say handful, five named tropical systems come, and some have gone, some are active, but uh, what happened to our quiet tropical season? Um, It got unquiet. Yes, it did in a hurry. Since the last time we've talked to you, we've had Tropical Storm Mindy. That'd be Mindy, not Minzy. Tropical Storm Mindy. Hurricane Nicholas, Tropical Storm Ordet. Uh, and then we have Peter and Rose, both Tropical Storms out there churning in the Atlantic, which Peter is messing with the Lesser Antilles, but is going to veer off to the north and just affect some shipping channels. And then Tropical Storm Rose while dropping her pendant to the bottom of the ocean, is just going to affect nothing. So that's good, I guess. But we do need to talk a little bit about Hurricane Nicholas because it achieved hurricane status for a minute. And I say that literally because it was about a minute. uh, And then it dissipated back down to a tropical storm. Yep, it got just enough juice to to bump to a Cat 1 for a few minutes and then came on shore and obviously downgraded but it still it dropped a lot of rain and there was some flooding and power outage issues and uh, i saw a lot of pretty decent wind reports come out of nicholas in texas right and it sat there just hugged the coast made landfall near houston uh affected portions of southwest texas and louisiana before spreading off to the north but uh you're right flooding again is the big concern and i know that we focus a lot especially with hurricanes tribal systems on the wind, but Bonnie, I really believe that we need to start shifting that focus to more of the rain aspect because that's what seems to do the most damage right now. And obviously we know the flood flooding aspect obviously is the most deadly, but I think we need to stop focusing so much on wind and maybe more on rain. I mean, I agree, you know, like that's really where the damage comes in is, is heavy rain and which leads to flooding and then everything, you know, just gets bad and the amount of videos i've seen from all the flooding events that have happened the last several weeks several months of people walking in it swimming in it jumping into it mind-blowing mind-blowing we we don't need to be stupid there's a reason why we say turn around don't drown that doesn't mean you know go find your 10 meter platform and pretend you're in the olympics it's it's so crazy to me how people just i don't know i don't know how to help people i don't (laughs) I mean, listen, we can sit there and tell them. And again, what what you're talking about and what I'm talking about right now is a huge debate that happens every year in the weather community, right? How do we get people to pay attention to weather warnings, watches, advisories? How do we get people to stop being stupid when weather turns bad? And I don't know... there's like no way even when people learn the hard way or see other people go through it by not making smart choices it's still not enough so it's like at this point i don't i don't know you know 
Yep, I don't either. And if you can find a solution, you'll make a lot of money or convince a lot of people and save a lot of lives ultimately. But I, I do feel bad because people make stupid decisions all the time when it comes to dealing with things in nature and it just doesn't need to happen. They're, they need to be better than that. And I don't understand why they're not. Well, you know, especially when it comes to swimming and diving in floodwaters, I mean, there are so many rules and regulations about swimming and diving in swimming pools that are clear that you can see to the bottom of. So it's like if you can't see what's in the water, why would you just all of a sudden think that you don't need to take precautions with that kind of water as well? But, I mean, I, I don't know, you know. Because it's it's a one-off, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to swim on a freeway in water that are flood that, hey, you know, it doesn't matter that it could contain bacteria or feces or any number of things, rats, mice, snakes, alligators. I mean, if you want to risk it to get a viral, to become a viral sensation, well, let's, let's sit down and have a conversation about where your mental health is. And I'm not. My, I always think about like, what if you're swimming in that and you hit something metal, like a sign or something and you cut yourself and then all that water gets like, it's, just, I just, I don't know. Oh, it's, you know, it, it, people's it, common sense goes right out their head. It's very cringeworthy to think about it. Yes. You know, guess what? We're still in the middle of a global pandemic and there are other bacteria and other germs that exist in the world that are not on the level of COVID, but can do things a lot worse than COVID. So yes. let, let's not yeah. be, let's not do that because that's just, it's stupid. I mean, okay. How many times have people gotten infections from being precautious when they're doing whatever they're doing, you know, and washing out? You know what I'm saying? And so then sure. when you, it's just, it's just crazy to me. So I think all we can do is just let people do what they want to do, and it's a survival of fittest. <laughs> I mean, that's my fallback solution, but I don't know what else to do, you know. Right, and I know that ultimately it is your decision to do stuff. I would hope that you would be better than that and not necessarily have to jump into that realm. But good Lord, people, let's just use our brains. Okay. If you can't see the bottom of something when it's referring to water, don't drive into it. Just don't. You don't know if the road's been washed away. You don't know what's in the water. You don't know if there's a live power line. You don't know if there, like I said, is bacteria or waste or any number of things. Just don't risk it. It's not worth it. And that's all I can say. So, yeah. I hope people get the message, but you know what? They probably won't, but oh well. (laughs) You know what? People are special. They really are. So we had Tropical Storm Odette form, and she moved uh, off the coast of North Carolina out to sea, was around for three days, and then vanished. Good for her. And like I said, we have Peter and Rose out in the Atlantic. They're not going to do much, uh, except Peter is kind of messing with the Lesser Antilles right now. And other besides that, that's it. Um, out in the Pacific, we do have one storm. It is our friend, Olaf. And no, I will not play Let It Go this morning. I just, I can't. <laughs> I, ju- I just can't. Olaf has come and went, so he's gone. But... Uh, all is quiet on the tropics with the exception of Peter and Rose. There are two areas that the National Hurricane Center is watching. 
but not expected to produce anything at the moment. So we will give that time. Uh, there's one wave that is coming off of Africa. Um, over the next 48 hours, 20% chance. After that, it gets into more favorable conditions, and the likelihood it forms into something is now gone from a low to a high chance. So we watch that. The other area that they are watching right now is um, what is the remnants of Odette. It's located a couple hundred miles southeast of Newfoundland, and it could acquire some subtropical characteristics by the middle of this week as it moves slowly southeastward over warmer waters across the north central Atlantic before moving northward out of the area over the weekend. Could see some high seas. Chance of reformation is low, still 30%, but oh well. Stuff's still happening. Nothing. Yeah, nothing really going on. You know, it's nice that we're, we feel like we're moving through the alphabet pretty quickly. Oh, um, we just are. haven't had anything super major, just really just the one. Right. Um, Ida, everything else has been pretty tame. And we are moving. Which is fine. Th- yep. And we are moving through the alphabet quickly. And, you know, in the event that we blow through that again, uh, we no longer will use Greek names. We will recycle uh, a sub list. Of storms that start again with the letter A. So once we get to that point, we'll address that. But yeah, we are flying through it. I mean, P Q R S T U W. Yeah, I mean, we're very close to the end of the alphabet. You know what, though? I don't think we'll make it. Or we will make it to the end and that'll be it. But I really don't think we'll have to move into the second list. We could wager on that if you want. We could make bets. But I really just don't think that we will. Uh, I mean, it's. Yeah. I think so. I think that's a, a very good likelihood. Um, I guess we'll just see. I mean, we are now on the downward side of our average, right? September 10th is historically the peak of the Atlantic hurricane season. So we're now 10 days removed from that on the backside of that. Uh, you know, we have two storms right now, possibly three, give or take, over the next five days. So we'll see. But again, we are on a pretty steep downward trend from October 10th through October 1st. Uh, I mean, you you drop significantly. There's a little peak as we get toward middle October, and then it drops like a rock. So we will see what happens. But we also know now that, you know, in theory, hurricane season starts a little bit before May and ends a little bit after December. So It's starting to become like, quote tornado season where it's, it's right. almost all year you know what i mean right <laughs> like it, it, there's not much downtime between seasons it feels like so right um we'll see what happens but yeah i just don't think that excuse me i don't think that we will get past the list i think we might complete it might complete it but i don't think we'll have to start um the second list sure well again we will see what happens uh, I'm just glad we've retired the Greek name because I don't speak Greek and I'm terrible at it. So, well, and it makes sense though, and I think that last year oh, yeah. was probably what did it. They were like, we can't retire these because we don't have anything to replace them with. So, right. So, I mean, that totally makes sense. So, what are we going to create Beta Storm 2021 and then Beta Storm 2022? Because that's not. I feel confusing. like it's probably going to be like you know, yeah, exactly. Like it would be so, yeah, it would be a mess. It would just be very complicated. So, it would be, and I agree. But, but, you know, they don't think about having to make those kind of plans until we have a season or two where they start having to retire those kind of things. You know what I mean? Like, right. if all the seasons leading up to that, we've never made it through or had to retire one, then they don't think, oh, we should 
change the list. But then when they start having to, that's when they go, oh, okay, we should probably relook at this. So exactly. makes sense. It does. It does. And again, we're, we're playing armchair meteorologists, right? And climatologists where we can second, we have the, we have the ability to second guess things that are happening, you know, in the past. And while that's not necessarily constructive, it's what we get to do because we have a podcast. So, but you know, but that's everything in life. Sure. Things change as you learn new things or as different things happen, but all you can do is do what you know in the moment until something happens that makes you rethink it or learn a new thing that you never learned before. And so, you know, like that's just, that's life in every single aspect ever. So I wish people would get off meteorologist's back a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I am right there with you. I'm tired of taking the hit of, uh, you work in a field where you can be wrong all the time. You know what? Cork it. <laughs> I like that. Cork it. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm just, I'm tired of it. We'll open your, your ish later. All right. Um, Speaking of tornado season and chase seasons, uh, winding down chase season number two as we get more deep into fall. But, Bonnie, we've had some fun thunderstorms. I know that you guys uh, in the Oklahoma panhandle got some excitement earlier this week. But um, looking at today, slight area exists for severe weather um, on a line from Missouri through Iowa, portions of Illinois into Wisconsin and portions of Minnesota. Uh, marginal risk, same area expanded out a little bit to include the Upper Peninsula and then portions of uh, extreme northeast Oklahoma, southeast Kansas, and uh, more portions of Iowa. So chance of thunderstorms out there. I will say this. Um, it looks pretty good over portions of the Great Lakes and then down into the south where the thunderstorm outlook today is uh, pretty pretty colorful. You know, 70% chance risk of thunderstorms in that area where the slight risk is and then down uh around portions like miami up toward like orlando and out toward tampa another really high chance of thunderstorms so that's pretty awesome well good i'm glad you're rubbing it in that nothing's happening in Oklahoma. yeah but i want to talk about the storms you guys had earlier where i sent you a text and you were like huh what yeah, storms? I really was. I was like, what are you talking about? And it was, I mean, it was impressive. Like I saw a lot of video and picture, but on radar, it didn't look great. But I don't know if that's just because of where it is. And it's kind of on the edge of a couple of different radar sites. Right. So I don't know if it wasn't picking it up well, but it didn't look very impressive on radar. But yeah, all the windows busted out and power outages from wind and hail. And it was pretty impressive. And I think there was some, uh, what's it called? Hail fog. I think yep. that happened up there after. So that's always really cool to see. That is cool. I love the ground effect fog when that happens where it just hails so much that all of a sudden you're like, uh. <laughs> yeah, that it lowers that temperature right there, right at the surface, and it's still warm. And, right. yeah, so it's, it's crazy. I love weather stuff like that. That's cool. There's definitely something that, you know, you can talk about on a microclimate scale that does happen. Um, I got some of that with... Gosh, it was Saturday night driving home. I did DJ a wedding Saturday night uh, in the middle of nowhere, literally. It was the same place where my cousin and his wife got married earlier this summer where no Wi-Fi, no cell service. So you have to download like all the music, have everything site-specific that they want. So you have to work really close with the bride and groom to make sure you get all the music they want. And everyone's like, oh, can you play this song? I'm like, no, I, I have no way to access that song. Man, that sounds like a location... 
that horror movies are made out of, you know, like, oh, let's have this big wedding in the middle of nowhere with no cell service or anything. And right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, there are two houses nearby which have landlines, but still. Yeah. Well, at least there's that. Exactly. Um, but still, when Freddie's chasing you, you know, the likelihood of you getting to the house with that phone is not going to happen. Oh, exactly. Uh, not to mention that you have four <laughs> miles or five miles of gravel road before you actually get back to a main road. And even then you're not in cell service. So, yeah. Yeah. See? So, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. But anyways. There's a horror movie waiting to happen. Right. And so, Saturday, we were out in, uh, I would say showery conditions where heavy showers would move through and then the sun would come out. So by the way, when the bride and groom are hell bent on having an outdoor ceremony and you have to time it between showers, not necessarily fun. (laughs) Man, you just had all the elements working against you for that wedding. Yes, but I did have a tent, so that was good. So I, and the nice part is we were able to time everything out. Uh, Once the reception started, I mean, it basically downpoured all night. Wow, nice. And then loadout was at least halfway dry. But the relation to the ground effect and the fog is a lot of the roads were in the sun all day and you get a cold shower that moves over top and temperature, you know, drops on the road surface and all of a sudden stops raining. The air temperature again rebounds and you get fog. And that was kind of cool driving home. But I digress. So we've had a couple showers and thunderstorms last day. I will say this was very interesting yesterday. Had a couple lightning strikes in the air in the metro area around here, but we weren't even in a general thunderstorm threat. Like these cells tried really, really, really hard, had one or two lightning bolts, and then they dissipated. So that was kind of cool. But I was really bummed that we weren't in a, in a general thunderstorm threat. Hey, I've been bummed that we haven't had any chances either. <laughs> we do a little bit today, like very slight, like. They might form, they might not, with that cold front coming through. But, yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen clouds or rain or heard thunder. <laughs> well, I, w- I will gladly trade you. I'll take the warm temperatures and, uh, yeah. The only okay thing about the warmth is it's been pretty hot still the last week or two, but the humidity has been a lot lower than normal. So it hasn't felt as terrible. It's still been hot, you know, hot, hot, but it, was, it right. just hasn't been as miserable. So that's been nice. Well, that is the benefit of at least being in the fall. You guys have still the heat, but you don't have that southern push of that humidity coming off the Gulf. Yeah. So, so, that is so nice. it's been a little more bearable. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, summer needs to let it go. Like, now play let it go because, seriously, summer needs to get it together and go away. <laughs> oh, that's not it. There it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the best part is you always hit that one first. I have. I still, have not mem- one. I still have not labeled nor memorized my hotkeys. <laughs> But the scary one is going to work. You know, we're getting into spooky season, so it's it's fine. It's still, it's still on theme. Welcome to B-Squared, your true crime podcast. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, I love it. Um, oh, boy. Yes, we're almost into October, and I know every, uh, I shouldn't say every, but a lot of my female friends are super excited that it's soup season and sweater season and chance to bust out their leggings and wear their Uggs and... Time to get spooky for Halloween. I'm just like, oh, my Lord, please. No. My fall clothes are way cuter than my summer clothes. And so I'm very excited to wear them. And I just got a couple of new sweaters. And so, yes, I'm 
in that boat of chicks that's excited for that stuff. Oh, boy. It's like my favorite meme about Starbucks. One leaf falls on the ground, and it's a picture of a woman crashing a car into Starbucks. <laughs> I will say, though, I have never been pumpkin spice crazed. Not really my thing. Well, apparently they have pumpkin spiced seltzers now, so you're going to have to try the Trulies and or White Claws and let me know how they taste. Oh, that sounds terrible. Right? I'm not, I just, nah. Like, I like the scent of pumpkin. I don't like the taste of pumpkin spice. No, and not in like a cold, bubbly, carbonated beverage. Right. Like, I'll I'll go pumpkin pie all day long, but I got to have the correct ratio of whipped cream to pumpkin pie as well. Thank you. So. Thank you. And the correct, correct, I said it, the correct ratio of whipped cream to pumpkin pie is like 90% whipped cream. Yes, it is. It's your pie needs to be completely covered on top by whipped cream. Yes. Now, it's cute and decorative if you get the little dollop, but that's not that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah, you put the dollop on, take the picture for your Snapchat, and then you just smother it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. See, this is why we're friends among many other reasons. I'm glad we take our pumpkin pie the same. Yes, we do. So uh, last week we didn't have a show, and we had talked about the tease why I wasn't able to say it, but we can talk about it now. So last week I was the co-PA voice and event host for the Grand Prix of Portland, which is the three-day speed festival at a Portland International Raceway uh, featuring the NTT IndyCar Series. So I'm a big race Which is nut, like your dream. Which is yeah. one, yeah, I mean, it's... Outside of working for the Weather Channel and maybe like a other job or two, this would be the gig that I would love to have at all times. So um, I was approached by the event promoters, and I have covered this race as a member of the press for, for the last few years, and then this race I've gone to since I was 12. So this is my favorite weekend outside of Christmas. So when they're like, hey, we would like you to do this, I was like, I'm in. Like, I didn't even care what they wanted me to do. I was like, I'm, I'm up for it. So let's go. So that part was really cool. And, you know, it was so much fun to see, you know, some of the behind the scenes access. And I had an all access pass. I mean, I literally could have walked out on the race course during the race and it would have been fine. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. So I got to do a lot of really cool stuff. I got to interview a handful of drivers. Um, I got to do a lot of social media stuff. Meteor. <laughs> this is what happens when you're a meteorology student and a, me- and a weather nerd. You say things like, instead of media, it's meteor, because it all sounds the same. So social media stuff. I got to do a handful of videos. Okay. I know, right? Uh, on the various social accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Had a blast doing it. But, you know, being the weather nerd that I am, you know, I always kept an eye to the sky. And once we get into September... Here out in Portland, you get the chance of some showers and thunderstorms. It's just one of those things. Our fall transition season goes from like hot days to cool nights and then maybe a chance of marine layer, you know, wringing out a little bit of moisture, seeing how it goes. Well, Thursday out at Portland International Raceway was absolutely beautiful. Friday was hot. It was nice. And we're like, all right, you know, Saturday, okay, we'll see how it goes and it's going to be fine. I'm sorry, I take that back. Thursday was great. Friday morning, cloudy, and we're like, all right. Now, there was a general risk of thunderstorms up over the Cascades, 
And so I was like, okay, you know, this is this is kind of interesting. We'll just continue to watch this and whatever. Well, so obviously when you have race cars and, you know, million-dollar race cars, you don't necessarily want to drive in the rain unless you absolutely have to. Now, in Portland, they race rain or shine, and the Indy cars do have rain tires that they can use, and it puts on for a good show, and obviously the speeds come down, but, you know, so be it. Well, they have radar. You know, you use your local National Weather Service radar, but they have the range rings and, you know, they are centered. The location of the of the track is the center of the radar. And so as the co-PA voice, I'm sitting in a trailer staring at two giant TVs that I can kind of tell the tech guy behind me that, hey, I want to set my TV up like this. I want to have all the cameras from the, the course in one area and I want to have timing and scoring in another area well i walked in friday morning and you know there were some showers in the area it was a little drizzly it was kind of cold but nothing like we were expecting a downpour and i was like hey man i know that they have a radar feed that they push out to some of the monitors can we get that in here i was like yeah i'll I'll go find it cool so he did and as soon as it was available it was my main screen so i had it on my display and i tweeted this out um on my personal thing and i'll retweet it here on on our Twitter page at weather podcast in a little bit, but I had these two giant screens in front of me and, you know, lower left of my screen was the Doppler radar. And we just kind of watched it. And lo and behold, we had some showers pop up. Now the atmosphere has been extremely dry here in the Northwest over the last few months. So we had a lot of Virga, you know, stuff that looked like it was raining on the, on the radar, but it had evaporated by the time it reached the ground. Some sprinkles did make it all the way down to the ground. Eventually, so that was really cool to see. And so we got to track that. Um, and me just being a total weather nerd, that was a lot of fun for me. Saturday at the races, uh, it was sunny skies. It was hot. Um, you know, I kind of dressed more toward the professional end than casual just because as, you know, the face of something, I wanna wanted to look good. Interviewed a driver up on the stage. Now, they had built the podium for the weekend. This podium was corrugated metal. It was black and sitting in the sun all day. So it was relatively hot. So it's like, okay, you know, that's just is what it is. So I'd go to interview a driver named Max Chilton. He goes, I want to sit down for this. It's like, all right, cool. I'm in dress pants. Um, the stage is dusty. And it's black metal. Bonnie, as soon as I sat down, I knew I made a big mistake. Why would it hurt? Oh, it was hot and it's going through my dress pants and I can feel it. And I'm just like, oh boy. (laughs) So I kind of scooted to the front of like the podium. So uh, I wasn't sitting fully on it, more like kind of half on half off. Now, granted, Max was in a driver's suit, so I'm sure he didn't feel it, but it was quite warm. So I just, I got a good chuckle out of that, but had a blast doing that. Sunday woke up overcast skies. Uh, and as soon as I got there, everybody's like, well, you're a weather guy. You know, what's going to happen? Are we going to see rain? I was like, eh, I mean, the Marine layer is only about 3000 feet thick. It's not a whole lot. It can produce some showers, mostly light, but you know, I guess we just kind of wait and see, and we could see clearing off to the West really easily, but that didn't mean much because I know with the shape of Portland and the topography around where the racetrack is, you still have that marine influence that comes down the Columbia River and the clearing off to your west 
is on the west side of the West Hills where you get no marine influence. So I was like, it's just going to take a lot to kind of stir the atmosphere up. And honestly, it never really kind of burned off all day until we got out of the race. So it was really cool. Again, we just had the radar up. Again, nothing big, but Bonnie, I had a blast. Four days of totally nerding out around race cars and weather and everything I love. It was fantastic. Well, when you told me that's what you were doing, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, going to be the best weekend ever for him. So I was super excited for you. So I'm so glad that you had a good time and that it was a great weekend. And I'm sorry I had to end. (laughs) Yeah, me me too. But, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, My voice was on national TV a little bit, which was really cool on NBC. Um, Actually, I had my most exposure this week on national TV were two tweets that I sent out that were completely, you know, meaningless to people outside the racing community. But uh, there was a reporter who worked um, and covered the IndyCar series and other series as well named Robin Miller, who was just a gigantic over-the-top figure in the world of press and auto racing. Uh, This guy knew everybody. He was a big deal. He was a reporter um, when he passed away for Racer Magazine and NBC Sports. And Portland was the first race that he wasn't alive to cover. And so where my seat was in the media center, I shared the desk with him. And so when I walked in Thursday, they had already put down the name placard of, you know, this was Robin's seat. And they left like a bottle of Pepsi, um, a box of uh, like Hostess cream cakes, and then a box of the peanut butter and orange crackers. Now, the backstory on that is Robin loved to eat junk food and would make a mess of the desk. And that's just kind of like, you know, a cool little tribute that they paid to it. And so I just tweeted out a photo just saying, hey, you know, a really cool, subtle tribute to Robin Miller. Great. And this thing blew up. (laughs) Um, Over 100,000 impressions. Uh, NBC Sports, uh, the IndyCar coverage, put it on their their pregame show. Um, and then I sent out another photo later on in the week saying, you know, this had grown. Somebody brought in a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. Somebody else put some other food on there. They had an NBC sports hat. They had a sweatshirt. So it was, it was a really cool tribute. So that was my biggest takeaway from the week in terms of, you know, my name being out there, but I just had an absolute blast. Awesome. And I'm so excited for you and happy that you got to do that. That's, that's so awesome. Right now you got to do your chase thing, which I'm jealous of. I got to do this. So. We're one for one. I think we've had a pretty good weather year for 2021. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. And we still have several months. So we'll, yes, see. We do. we'll see what winter holds. We so. can, I cannot wait. I know I love heat. You know, fall is great. But if we could flick that switch, you just go from summer to winter real quick. I'd be okay with that. Well, and the crazy thing is it's still so hot. But this time last year, it was starting to cool off big time. And in the beginning of October is when Oklahoma had that huge ice storm. Yes, exactly. So, so we're just a couple of weeks away from that happening, and we're nowhere in the near same temperature boat as we were at this time last year. So it's kind of crazy. Yep. I mean, it's going to be rinse and repeat. What do you guys have coming up forecast-wise in Oklahoma City? Well, today is going to be like scorching hot, 98 degrees, give or take. And um, But we do have a cold front coming in this afternoon, um, late this afternoon. So that'll be super nice, and that's what might give us some storm chances or maybe some rain hopefully. Um, and then it'll cool us off for the next several days before we, um, start to heat back up. So like I said, summer just needs to let it go. Cause I'm over it. 
So, um, with it being 98 Degrees, does that mean you put on all your boy band records? Absolutely. Okay. Nick Lachey will be here. <laughs> oh. So, that's who you hired no, to finish working on your house. Gotcha. That's right. <laughs> My Mr. 98 Degrees. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, we are finally getting out of our rain here in Portland. Um, if you look out the window right now, it's actually foggy, which is kind of mind-blowing to me. Um, rained yesterday. Atmosphere has not cleaned that out, so uh, it's still pretty humid. There is a lot of fog. There's actually a short-term forecast up for the entire Willamette Valley, which is quite hilarious. We are now into that season of the fall where we can have fog form all day long. Anyways, supposed to get to 72 and sunny today into sun now the rest of the week. So things can kind of calm down. It's been interesting with some showers and thunderstorms over the last couple days. But, uh, yeah, looks like we are finally going to get into our second summer season, which I'm okay with. Well, our summer season hasn't ended, so we're just hanging on with the same one. And the other crazy thing is the state fair is in town. Yes. And historically, it's like a running joke. You know, the fair is in town because it rains, because really it's a rainy couple of weeks while the fair is here and nothing, just heat. Well, that's good. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, rain at the fair obviously is not very helpful, but when it's really hot, it's not either. I'm no, I'm whiny, so I'm sorry. There's no pleasing me. <laughs> it's okay. Are you going to the state fair at all? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I was going to say go get a corn dog. Maybe I will go get a corn dog because they're big. They're the long, long Yes, ones. I know. Those are my favorite. So and they were I didn't get to, and... Yes, I didn't get to go to my state fair this year, so... Oh, well, maybe I'll go and I'll eat two corn dogs, one for you. I would appreciate that. Would you take a picture, please, and post it on on our Twitter page at Weather Podcast? (laughs) Yep, double fist and some corn dogs. Oh, gosh, yes. (laughs) Or just two on a plate. That works, too. (laughs) Uh, And they also do, like, the, like, handmade root beer, you know? Oh, yes. I like to get the corn dog and the root beer. Oh, you got to. You have to. I'm so hungry now. I know. Same. I have to go to the fair on my lunch just to have <laughs> yeah. some corn dogs. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, well, another fun-filled food true crime version of B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.